Good morning. I'm Karen Audubonny, and this is TKO. Come to you every uh, other Wednesday, every second and fourth Wednesday, that is. All right. I'm glad to be back with you. It was a little bit of a break. There was an uh, extra Wednesday and the last month, August. Here we are in September. So today, my guest on the air, as everybody knows, I've been following the Board of Supervisors. I've been following the finances. I had Ted Williams on a couple shows ago to talk about the finances and the broad uh, statements he was making about three sets of books and bringing in the state to look at our books and all of that. Then I brought in the SIU negotiators to talk about what they know about the budget because we're in the middle of negotiating with the unions for the um, staffing contracts. Uh, They can't seem to get numbers that they feel are reliable. The board says they can't get numbers that are reliable. Uh, Yesterday was quite a contentious, I feel, meeting with the auditor who's now... She has a huge, after combining those two offices, she has a huge title. Her title is now Auditor slash Controller slash Treasurer Tax Collector. And that is Shamise um, Cubison. And uh, she got grilled pretty uh, heavily um, at the Board of Supervisors meeting. If you were able to hear our community news uh, prior to this show, and you can hear it this evening, I'm sure, at the hour, or go stream it on Jukebox, Sarah Reich did a great uh, presentation of what happened and a good, gave you some, um, gave you an idea of what was going on yesterday. So I, I have asked uh, Shari Schatmeyer. She is the retired tax collector treasurer uh, from Mendocino County. She's on the air with me, and we were just going to talk about some of the issues that are going on. Shari, are you there? Yes, good morning. Good morning. I'm going to turn up your mic a bit, and you need to speak right into your phone or whatever you're doing so we're loud on the air. So uh, you had a chance yesterday to watch the Board of Supervisors meeting. We did a little texting back and forth during the meeting, but I wanted to step back just a bit because I want to give the listeners an idea of the progression that has gone on. I've covered it, but we really just need to step back and talk about it. There used to be two positions. There was the tax collector, treasurer, tax collector, which is an elected position, and then there was the auditor, controller position was elected. So correct, correct. So it was back. Gosh, it's only been about what eighteen months or so. Uh, Lloyd Weir, who had been the auditor uh, for many, many years, told the board he was leaving. I think he left sixteen months, a year and a half before his term was up. Correct? Yeah, he left in September of twenty twenty one. Yeah, that's right. And then the board. Instead of appointing um, Shamise, who was the assistant auditor, to that position, there was some contentious back and forth. Um, the DA, David Eister, weighed in saying, no, 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 he didn't want her appointed. There was a lot of back and forth at that meeting. And in reality, what they did is they the board did not appoint Shamise Cubison as the auditor controller. Um, they made her, I guess, an interim is what it was, kind of. And acting, acting that's what it was. That was acting, yeah, yeah. acting auditor controller, which, which meant that she could not fill her position. Correct, that's where I was going, which meant she couldn't fulfill <laughs> the assistant position, which is key. Because, as I've said, and my listeners, and I hope know if they listen, um, we are short on staff in every department in the county, period. Um, so then they decided, the board decided, they were going to combine 
the treasurer, tax collector, and the auditor controller positions, correct? That was their next big move. In December of 2021, correct. There you go. All right, so tell us, you were the tax collector at the time. How did that all come Mm -hmm. down? I mean, from my my outside perspective, because I'm not in the government, I saw that the supervisors had this great, grandiose idea As far as I was concerned, I had seen no collaboration with either department discussing, will this work? How will it work? How long will it take it to work? What are the pros and cons? Now, I didn't see that happening. You were in the mix. Tell me what happened. It really did not happen. There there was no collaboration. Uh, There was very little communication when this entire thing, when the when the the final vote, when the uh, consolidation happened, they did not even bring um, me. I was on the the I was on the meeting as well as Shamise Cubison was on the meeting. They did not even bring us in for our input. They did not want our input. They were, uh, you know, fast fast forwarding to a combined office, regardless of any input that that we had. It was really unfortunate because the majority of this board really had no idea what happens in either one of these offices. They do not know all the complexities of the, you know, of the two offices. And, uh, you know, to me, it was just, we had two offices, the, the auditor controller and the treasurer tax collector's office were two stable, high-functioning offices, but they were already under a lot of pressure primarily because we were implementing a new property system. But as you mentioned, everybody is short-staffed. I mean, that is happening everywhere. These offices were short-staffed. So we were already struggling. I had basically, I had relayed all my thoughts on this, that this was not a good move, that that, um, we put the property system at risk if we moved forward with this, um, that key employees would leave and uh, a lot of this is coming to fruition at this point. Um, I just do not understand why the board chose to destabilize the entire financial engine of the county by dropping a bomb on these two stable offices, stable but stressed offices. I, I will never understand this reckless move that that they did, and um, and you know, and we're it's rolling around right now. The problems are. This has been building for about a year with Shamise being very overworked and having to take on two high-level positions, to working a department head and a working assistant auditor controller. So, um, so it's just, it, it, this, was, this was self-induced by the board. The problems that they're facing right now were self-induced. Well, and I think that both you and Shamise had kind of predicted that it would be a mess um, to begin mm-hmm. with, uh, to begin with, I, I remember years ago when they, we as a county combined the uh, tax, uh, the um, assessor's office with elections, the voter registration office, and I know that was a mess for years. It took years for it to finally become a functioning with the offices together. Um, so I know that happens, but it seems like at a time when we're short on staff and all of that, it was. It was an odd time to have put these together. I know they did it because Floyd Lloyd Weir retired and they had the opportunity at that time with somebody not in that position officially to combine them. So one of the things that came up for me is is did 
are there i've heard that there are other counties that do it with these combined positions that this isn't our county isn't the only one trying to do that do do you know with the rest of the state is this the norm to have these two positions the controller tax collector and auditor combined or is this kind of an oddity for us uh, it, it was. It's not unusual. Uh, the director of finance model is successful in other California counties. However, that doesn't mean it's going to be successful in Mendocino County. Um, it, it is something that you do. But what happens is you have to have plenty of staff in order to have that kind of a model. Because what happens is the reason that the auditor controller and the treasurer tax collector are separate is because of checks and balances. The, uh, the auditor's office mails out all the money. They send all the checks out. The tax collector brings all the money in. The tax collector runs the checkbooks. Um, so, but we do not issue, the, the, the treasurer tax collector never issues checks. It is always issued out of the auditor's office. So there is a definite checks and balance. So what's going to happen now is we're going to need actually more employees than we've had in the past to oversee because you can't have somebody like Shamise who is now one department head for all the entire offices, you know, for both offices. She cannot have all, she cannot be issuing checks and clearing checks. There's no separation of duties. And that is, and like I said, it works in, in other counties, and they've had successes in other counties with it. But that doesn't mean that it's a good fit for everyone. I know a lot of counties that have tried, have attempted to go that direction, and it didn't go that way. I know at one point Lake County was considering that, and they went, no, 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 we don't want to do this. This is, you know, sounds like a recipe for disaster. So it just depends on how each county is set up. But I would say it's not the – it. it you know, from what I've seen, you've got a few appointed treasure tax collectors, auditor controllers. You've got, a, you've got some appointed director of finances. You've got some elected auditor controller, treasure tax collectors. And then you've got the separation, the separated offices. And I would say that's probably the majority or the separated offices. Uh, but they, you know, all counties look at all different types of models. And, and to me, one of the things that I said from the very beginning with this is if the county wants to go that direction, this this current board, that's their call. There's nothing that can happen with that. And there's nothing that anybody can do about that. But they needed to do all their homework and they needed to to they, they needed to do it over time and make sure that things were in place and ready to proceed. Instead, they put it in back in December and then all of a sudden, now things the, the offices were not capable of taking this on, and the board basically imposed it on them. And so that is a, this should have never happened in this way. They should have let it go as it was, uh, let it be separate offices, and then they would have two, three years, and they could, if this was the direction, the model they wanted to go, then they could work on that and work on the with you know with existing staff and get it all organized and get everything in place but they chose not to do that they chose to to do it before these two offices could handle it and that's what you're seeing now okay let me just take a break to everybody that this is tko i'm karen audubonny my guest today is retired uh county uh treasurer tax collector that's shari um shari Schatmeyer, and we're talking about the county finances and what's been going on with the consolidation of these departments and the stress it's put on our auditor um 
So uh, just to catch up the listeners also, so Shamise Cubison decided to run for the position of the combined positions. That happened in March. She was the only one that ran, so she became that, she won that position. But what happened mm-hmm. is that, that those positions that were uh, decided in March are not technically seated till this coming year, January. So, mm-hmm. he, so here is Shamise as the head of these two departments, but she's running them as uh, an appointee, as an interim. And so the board actually took the step uh, last month to, uh, it's been 60 days, she said yesterday, to actually officially put her in that joint position and title it uh, six months early. That's what they had to do. Mm-hmm. They had they actually did that because it was getting so confusing and probably she didn't have the authority to do a lot of things she needed to do in both the position as an interim, I would imagine. I don't know. Correct. Is that right? And one of the other Yeah, that and but one of the bigger issues was that my succession planning, Julie Forrester, who um was the assistant treasurer tax collector for me for like ten years, who was well served to be the treasurer tax collector and could have absolutely done that job. Um, she chose to leave when this combination went in. She chose to to take a job outside uh, these offices. So she now works for the courts. So in the tax, so that was- oh my gosh, yeah, okay, I got that. Yeah. So in that department, in the tax collection um, treasurer's department, now who's the most experienced person left, and how long have they been? Diane there? Gore- yeah, Cheyenne Gordon um, has been in the office for a, a number of years, probably, 50, probably. well, I think she's worked for the county for 20 years, um, and she is extremely, extremely capable and is doing everything she can do to hold everything together. She's been promoted to the assistant treasure tax collector and is working very closely with Shamise, so she is doing an excellent job. However, like Shamise, she's got 10 different things coming at her at all times. So she is absolutely taking lead in the treasure tax collector's office right now. Okay, well that's good to hear because I know I know one of the things that Shimi said yesterday is that they're really low on staff and they've had a drain of uh, expertise. A lot of the people that have been there, like you said, uh, Julie, have left the department. So they're kind of struggling to train new people while they're trying to do all the necessary work. Um, so that it burns it even more uh so as you're looking at this i know tell me a bit about you just decided you didn't want to run for both positions you had been in there for quite a while and you just decided to leave was it basically because of the way you were being treated in these joint positions or give us a little background on how you that came to that decision pretty much i have always been um against the combination of these offices after working in this office for decades I knew that this was not how this county needed to manage their financial, you know, with the staffing and and everything else. The county is well served as it was. You know, like I said, those were stable, high-functioning offices. They have been for decades. Have there been problems over the years? Yeah. Have we worked uh, the last 10 to 15 years to really get a handle on everything as a team with, you know, the CEO's office, the board, the TTC, the auditor control, you know, with everybody, yes. Um, yeah, I was um, the I was uh, very unhappy with the way that they just imposed it, that they, I felt like they um, pretty much 
blew up the county financial you know, county finances. I felt like this was destined for failure. And um, I also felt that I am not going to be involved in this process when I had been in the office for, you know, for decades. And basically, they did not listen to uh, any experience that I had, any expertise. It, that was not valued. I felt like I was dismissed that, okay, we're, I'm a team player and I'm known as a team player. So basically, they just figured if they put this in, then Sherry will just come along and she'll She'll do whatever needs to be done because that's what I've done for over 40 years. But this was different because I was adamant that this should not happen. And I think probably what was most concerning about this was that you had supervisors that I have never even hardly spoke to face to face about this. They, their communication was so bad. And I think there was a lot of cover because of COVID there's been really no communication over the last couple of years out of the CEO's office, the board, the departments, very little. Um, but that was my biggest issue was that uh, Supervisor Hashak was the only one that actually took the time to, to spend, uh, you know, probably over an hour with me, with Shamise. Um, and as I told them all this, I think that some of the supervisors, other ones may have talked to, to Shamise, but um, the other, the supervisors, um, I was talking with Chair Jurdy, who was, he was the chair at the time. I was talking with him. I have had a great relationship with Supervisor Jurdy. I served on the retirement board with him for a number of years. Um, I was talking with him. I was telling him I did not agree with this. I wrote letters to the board. I do not agree with this. So I was absolutely communicating with, with, with Supervisor Jurdy. But I think what ended up happening was that Supervisor Williams at the time, who was a supervisor, not chair at the time, and Supervisor McCordy, I believe that they ran with it and went in a different direction of we wanted, you know, uh, we have, you know, offices that aren't functioning. And that was one of the things that really irritated me was that they basically acted like our offices were not doing our jobs when we were doing our jobs. Uh, Supervisor Mulhern, I gave her an opportunity to talk to me and said, if, if it's not a done deal, I'd like to talk to you. She never contacted me. She never came and talked to me. So, well, you I must have, it was a, you know, yeah, you must yeah. have gotten the. You must have had a very good interaction with um, Hashtag John Hashtag because he was one of the ones that voted against the combination of the two offices. And every time any of the discussion comes with about the auditor's office and what's going on with the finances, he always makes it sure that he states in the record, "I was yep. against this." <laughs> he even did that yeah, yesterday. He was only, yeah, he was the only supervisor that actually listened to what Shamise and I were saying. This is a problem. Don't do it. He was the only one that listened. Well, one of the, the other... rest of them, yeah, yeah, they knew nothing about the office. They thought they knew more than everybody else. Yeah, one of the other issues that comes up for me when we talk about the finances, you've got the auditor controller, you have the tax collector side of it. And then on top of it, the CEO, who is now Darcy Ansel, they have a finance department that they've been building up for years, correct? Correct. Okay. Right. And they have, yeah, over the last, I would say, you know, probably, well, probably since Darcy came, um, that, you know, she had, she was always in charge of the budget, probably, I don't know how long she's been there, maybe five years, and, and did, you know, did a great job. Um, but then what happened was they started doing a bit of empire building down in the executive office and started forming a financial team. And there were a lot of things because of our, the, the catastrophes that we've had around here with the fires, with COVID, 
there was a lot of reimbursements that had to be done and, and documenting of time and a lot of things like that. So that's primarily what they were building this, this financial team for. But I think um, where they ended up with it probably a year ago was they wanted to take over a lot of the functions of the, of the auditor because they, they thought that the, I, I think there were some concerns about them being able to work with the auditor. Well, so they started, yeah. Taking that. Well, well, and some of that happened yesterday, actually. I know, I guess one of the things that's been surprising for me is that in these discussions with the auditor controller, um, Shamise, uh, Darcy and the CEO's office stays really quiet, and they're not involved in the discussion. I just see a lot of breakdown in communication, um, and I don't quite understand the, and I think the Board of Supervisors don't either, because they haven't been, you know, sat down with everybody to see who does what out of each department. One of the things that came up yesterday is because the the new finance offices, auditor, controller, and tax collector are all so burdened and the supervisors are asking for most, so much more detail, they were talking about yesterday shifting payroll. Uh, they're now going to shift mm-hmm. the payroll out of the auditor's department to the CEO's office. Now, to me, being on the outside, that did look rather reasonable. I don't know how that looked to you. Um, you know, it's, it's up to Shamise. I mean, she knows better. If, if, you know, the problem that Shamise is having is she, and this is what I said to Supervisor Hashek, that he listened and, and, you know, and took this information in. When you have too much financial responsibility placed, um, without a singular focus on certain critical functions, things get lost. Uh, you know, they you run the risk of things not being attended to that need to be attended to. And I think uh, Shamise, she has to sit on the retirement board now as treasurer, ta- because that was something that I did as treasurer tax collector. She now, not only does she have to take on the auditor controller's office, the treasurer tax collector's office, she has to be uh, on the on the retirement board, which is a huge learning curve and a lot of responsibility and so um so yeah so it it, what it is is it it's too much for one person because these are working department heads and working assistant department heads so it wasn't like you were a figurehead you actually had a workload and so what happened i'm sure what's happening with shamise is she needs help wherever she can get it because there is too much physically for one person to handle in her situation. So she's, she's doing the best she can, but anything that they're willing to take on, and, and you know, I, I hear the board say, oh, well, we'll help you, we'll help you. They don't understand. Oh, tell us the problems with the property system. Well, they don't understand. There's been hundreds and hundreds of problems with the property system that have been, uh, you know, brought up and fixed. So it's, it's like they don't understand the complexities of these two offices and they're trying to act like they're, to me, it feels like they're trying to act like they're sympathetic and they want to help, but they've already done the damage by, by their actions over the last year. You're just now seeing it. Yeah. One of the things that came out yesterday was the board, uh, the, the, the board meeting, the, the part around, uh, they had a whole, the, the part around the, Shamise's position, Shamise Kavis' position, they had sent her a whole list of bullet point questions they were going to put to her. And it started out pretty contentious, and then there was a break, and it kind of calmed down. But um, 
they were trying they were trying i didn't feel like they were trying to get information out of her it was really interesting they at first it was rather they put her in a position where she had to defend everything she was doing kind of and then they put her in a position where she tried where she was having to explain to them that out of this whole list they had presented to her that a big percentage of the questions they were asking weren't even under her purview, under her department, and she had no idea about them. That's what came out to me. So it, it really did show to me that they don't have an, a good handle on the financial structure and who does what. CEO's finance department, auditor controller, tax collector, all of that. It, did, it didn't see like there was a big delineation of it. And then they want her to take her time out of her busy schedule to explain all that to them. That's what I saw. And then and that I saw. Yeah, I mean, I would love to get Shamise on the air, but I feel guilty asking her to come on for an hour, even though I help, I'm sure it would help inform us, but she is so overworked and I was so stressed out. I, I'll just say, in my humble opinion, I can't believe she's stuck with this, this Board of Supervisors and this um, job as long as she had with the pressure they put on her. I mean, she actually did say that there have been headhunters recruiting her. She didn't say it in that term, but she implied that she's getting calls like, gosh, we could use you some, you know, over here in this county, in that county. Um, But it seemed like a lot of the suggestions or ideas that the board were throwing about bringing in a consultant to do part of this stuff, she's got to work, her department's got to work with that, the consultants, and get them the information so they're taking time out of what they're already stressed trying to do to get another entity up to speed. That's what what I heard. Is that what you heard? yeah, that's exactly it. It's just like, um, yeah, we'll get you more employees. Okay, then you're talking about employees that you have to train, or even consultants. You have to explain everything to what you know what it is that you're doing, and it, it, yeah, it, it makes it makes no sense. They they cannot help. They cannot do. They act like they want to help her, but I feel like it goes back to their. You know, clearly they eventually want to transition the elected auditor, controller, treasurer, tax collector to an unelected director of finance position. So that's where I feel they ultimately want to go. So I think that for them, in some instances, they, if they can discredit this, this situation, that, you know, discredit Shamise, then they can, because they have to go to the voters. This change can only happen if there is a ballot measure that is successfully approved by the electorate. And like I said, that may be the direction they want to go. Um, but I, I just, the way that they went about it is, is wrong. And I mean, they brought that up when they consolidated the offices in December of 2021. They had Yolo County, who was, had a director of finance model. That was what they brought up to show, hey, this is what we can do. But they, you know, they, they, you have to transition to that. It takes, it took years to get to that. And they wanted to do it in one, you know, in 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 one day. So well, let's step back. When you talk about uh, when you talk about them wanting to go to a CFO position, that'd be um, uh, I can't financial officer, chief financial officer. That's what that would be. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. that was brought up when they were talking about combining the positions. So technically, for the county to get rid of the two. They got rid of one elected position. That was your tax collector. 
They got rid of that. But to get rid of the the auditor, controller, tax collector, the big long position now that Shamise holds, they would actually have to take that to the voters. They couldn't just eliminate it. If 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 say Shamise decided I'm out of here, this is just too much, and walks next week, they couldn't eliminate that position. They would technically have to take that to the the elector, elector us the voters. the, it would still be considered. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know all the legalities of what would happen if, if you know, Shamise ever left. But um, I know that they right now it is one elected official, and the only way they can get an unelected director of finance is to go to the voters. They couldn't just so throw. I wonder if they could, just couldn't throw that under the CEO's office and just create that position. Well, they can do whatever they want internally to make the financial engine run. Right. But the parts to ultimately get a director of finance that that answers to them and not to the public. So what happens now is you have you know you have an elected official, and, and this is one of the things that the board would say. And I was like, well, where are you coming from? They would say that that these you know two offices do things, and then we're the ones that are accountable. Then the constituents complain to us, and it's like. Um, no, you you want to sit in our shoes. We're elected. We're elected officials. They come directly to us. They don't complain to you. We get those complaints. We feel those complaints. We solve those problems. So, uh, but but I think for them it is a challenge that they have an elected official that they have to deal with on the budget. That's a problem for them. They would rather have somebody that they hire that knows that you know they have to. They have to be kept happy, or you have to keep this board happy, or you're out of a job. And Shamise is not like that. Shamise is elected by the, the citizens of Mendocino County. So Shamise is in a different situation than somebody that, a director of finance, that would actually be, uh, you know, answerable to the board for and the board only for everything. Well, isn't in, in in some ways I see that as kind of the CEO's position. It seems like in the past to me, when there'd been budget reports done or actuals as to where we're at in every six months or whatever, that was generated out of the CEO's department by gathering the information from the different department heads and from the uh, your your office, the tax collector and the auditor's office, and putting together a quarterly or every six months, whatever, uh, kind of a profits and loss statement to get everybody knows what what's going on. So I'm not quite sure why they feel like they've got to have... They, they're doing it differently now. I guess I just see that there's a breakdown of communication and this board that is not understanding finances at all. Um, or maybe not at all, but not understanding. Like the, yesterday they were asking for a flow chart of kind of where the numbers come in, where the financial structure is. And that would probably be a good thing for the board to have, especially new members as they come on, to see where mm-hmm. all the numbers come from, the financial structure, where they need to go for information. Um, I'm just having a tough time having seeing the board put all this, we need to know this now, we need to have manuals, we need to have structures with these departments that are already understaffed and overworked. I, I just don't see yeah. I just see it as a breaking point. Yeah, and, and the CEO has a budget team. That's who should be educating the Board of Supervisors, and that's who should be you know, explaining everything to them. That that's where it is. They shouldn't be looking to Shamise 
to answer all their questions. She's an elected official like they're an elected official. So it's the CEO's office that should be educating them, should be getting them the information that they want. Uh, however, I don't know if even once they have the information, if they would completely understand everything. Well, yeah, yesterday they were talking, I mean, a lot of the stuff they had on the list of what they wanted to Shamise to account for, they said, well, mm-hmm. can you project, can you, can you project uh, where we're going to be at with like uh, uh, TOT, traveling tax, uh, um, transient octobeat tax? Yeah. Is it going to be better this year or less? And it's like, how do you ask the auditor that? They were asking her to make projections that I realistically, even from the outside, understood that this is a woman that sees things after the facts, makes sure they're correct. She's not going to be able to forecast any of this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, they do. I mean, that's that the auditor's office has done historically is they would project certain you're breaking up there are you gone i think i lost shamise i mean i shari shari are you there like eight million now oh wait i lost you for a minute you got to come back i lost you for a minute oh start over can you can you hear me yeah it's stable now we just lost you for a minute so start over with your thought okay um, so I think that historically the auditor's office does normally provide projections for the upcoming budget year estimates. And what they would do would be to look at what's happened the last couple of years. And then they would kind of project always conservatively because they, you know, they don't want to get, have a big budget hole. Um, I know that for property taxes, that's usually information that they'll get from the assessor as to what the values are, and then they can project what the revenues will be for that. But, I mean, the auditor's office does participate in projections, um, but the problem is right now their biggest issue is they have to close the books for this past fiscal year. That's their big thing. Uh, and, and Shamise, I think, is very cautious about providing information that will come back down the road that they will say, well, this is wrong, this is wrong. and when she does not really have, she doesn't have the time to deal with how much she needs to research. And what I see is she wants to have things researched before she moves forward. So she's not going to provide information, just pick a number out of a hat to satisfy some ask that the board has. She's going to do the research and make sure that she can be as accurate as possible. Okay. That's reasonable. So, when we, when we look, listening to the board yesterday, and I understand they need numbers. They need to know where they're at financially so they can decide what kind of increases for salaries they can do with the unions and all of that. They want to reasonably understand what monies are coming due. Um, they want to understand the financial position that the county is in so they can make base their decisions on good financial um, information. So having been in the departments and seen the different departments, where should that come from? Should that come from the auditor? Should that come from the CEO's office? Well, in the past, everything has been teamwork. There was a, a budget officer in the CEO's office. There wasn't always a budget team that, that they developed as they have, you know, the last three or four years, but that budget officer and the auditor would work together and they would, it was a team. Um, what I've seen is probably, and I think COVID may have contributed to this. Uh, the team basically kind of shut down 
And I think there was a little bit of empire building in the CEO's office with this financial team. They wanted this financial team to take on more and more and more and more and make it like the hub of the financial system. But because nobody understood what happens in the treasurer tax collector and the auditor controller, they don't understand how difficult of a process that would be. So, um, but I went, go back to that it is the CEO's budget team and the CEO's office that should be educating this board on what the, inf- the information they need. They shouldn't be dragging in an elected official who is already overwhelmed with all her duties to answer their questions, uh, particularly for a problem that they created a year ago. They put, they, they had set it. And, and one of the things that I said to them early on was if you do this, if you combine these positions, and that was after they had already not filled uh, Lloyd's position in September, you are setting this county on a, a negative path forward. And that's where we are. We are on a negative path forward because of the actions of four members of this board of supervisors, not Supervisor Hashak. He understood. But because of the other four members of this current board right now, we are on a negative path to get our finances in a functioning way. That's how I feel. Okay. And nobody will ever convince me otherwise. So one of the other issues that came up uh, yesterday in the discussion with uh, Shamise was that uh, they need to get all the tax bills out, the property tax bills out. Um, right. is, is that right. something that being short of staff in that office, is that something, I mean, I don't know how much work it takes to get it out. I don't know what that involves, but is that something that's going to be in jeopardy of being delayed because of the combination of these offices? Yes. I mean, that is one of the things that, you know, one of the things that I had actually put my letter back, you know, in the fall of last year, when we were talking about all this, um, that, you know, we spent $2 million, $2 million on this new property system, but we have a you know, there's a lot of obstacles with getting this thing functioning as it should. Um, but absolutely. One of the things that I feared was that they could put this property tax system this new system, this conversion in jeopardy by the actions that they were going to take if they combine these offices. And that's exactly what they've done. Now, will they get the property tax bills out? I think so. I hope so. They got the unsecured tax bills out the end of July. And, you know, with, with Cheyenne Gordon in the, in the Treasure Tax Collector's Office and then Shamise and the auditors working closely with IT and with the assessors, because it's not just two these two offices. The assessors and the IT are big players in getting these tax bills out, right? It's, I mean, it's a team, whole team effort. And But what they have done by, by now creating uh, a worse staffed office than what was there a year ago, every single thing is, is in jeopardy. Yes. Um, I, like I said, I think they will do it. I think they will pull out all the stops. They will set everything to the side. They, they will do that to get these tax bills out. But everything here going forward, we are on a negative path for everything financial that needs to be done in the county because of the actions of four members of the Board of Supervisors. Uh, yeah, I feel like not having the a big crux is not having staff 
we're really low on staff on every department uh, and all Correct. of these different departments work need to work together to get the information to the CEO's office and to the auditor tax collectors or not the tax collector mm-hmm. but the auditor's office uh, one of the things that came out in the discussion yesterday there was some really good I will say there were some good things that came out in the discussion I think the board learned a lot about the internal working of that department and some of the other departments how they work uh, but one of the things that became very apparent yesterday is the lack of staffing not just in the auditor collectors not in the tax all of that office but in the other departments is that what became apparent in short uh, um, Shamise said this, is that she's not getting the paperwork she needs from a lot of the department heads to move forward with a lot of the issues they deal with. So it's, it's like a trickle-down effect, trickle-up effect, whichever way you want to yes. look at it. Be- right. The county's struggling. They've been struggling for a number of years, and now they're, they're really struggling Yeah, I, staffing. Yeah, so it was really good for the board to turn to the to um, the CEO Darcy Anselin say look at you need to be working to make sure your departments are getting the information that the auditor controller needs so that that mm-hmm. was a good thing um, yeah I mean the whole financial situation of the county is it's running a county running it with all the federal and state grants that come in is confusing has gotten more complicated um, I think these departments got really stressed through COVID because there was a lot of additional money coming into the county that we hadn't had before that has to be accounted for okay um right and i you know it and not having the staff to do it i felt what i feel like are some of these departments are running just from putting out one fire to another and they're having a difficult time just having to do what needs to be done that day is what i'm seeing and i right go ahead you're and you're right out fires and that's what's happening with everybody being short staffed and then when somebody leaves they have a hard time filling those positions so then you have somebody who's already overworked a county employee who's already overworked and then they get more duties and then what happens is and it goes back to nothing is nothing is done well all you're doing is putting out fires yeah, it seems like they're running from one thing to another, and that that is really difficult when you're understaffed. Um, yes. So, uh, you know what? I wanted to open the phone lines up just a bit to see if any of the listeners had questions or a few comments. But before we do that, it's 895, it's, excuse me, 707-895-2448 to get in on the line. Um, so... I wanted to make sure you got everything out about how you see this going and if they're going to have to. One of the things I'd thought about is if they bring in, they're talking about bringing in consultants or bringing in people to help with it. I was wondering, I haven't heard if there's any internal discussion of bringing back or contracting out with uh, Lloyd Weir to have him come back and help. And if he Well, Lloyd, yeah, Lloyd already has a, a contract to come back. Oh, good. And work. It, it, you know, if you come back within six months after retirement, you have to get approval by the Board of Supervisors. And so that, but now he's been gone for more than six months, so I don't know if they uh, re-up that contract, but I believe he does have a contract uh, to to come back and and help Shamise, like, close books and do things like that. So so I think he does come back um, when, when, he, when he's needed. 
Okay, that sounds good. And a lot of the stress that I've been hearing, that I heard from uh, in the in the discussion yesterday, was that um, a lot of the a lot of the bookkeeping that needed to be done with the auditor was a mix up with time frames between the states and the feds. The feds had extended their time frame for uh, reporting and the count the state hadn't and so there's been there's been a lot of internal confusion with all the extra monies that are coming into the county and the different levels of handling it on state and feds i mean it's it's very cumbersome which puts a big burden on both of those departments so that's that's the other thing i was hearing an extra level of um, accounting and reporting and auditing that takes place with that with those extra funds. Yeah, that's what I heard too. Yeah. So, um, having having talked to the other counties and having after they had combined these positions, are we are we looking probably three years out to get this as stabilized at all? If we can do it, even in that. I, I have no idea. Uh, you know, if you look back at, and you mentioned it earlier, the assessor's office was combined 20 years ago. The assessor's office still struggles from 20 years ago. Then the supervisors combined those offices, which I felt was a mistake. And I had a front row seat to that mistake. And we are still dealing with that today. Um, and so I know I, I don't have, I, I don't, I'm not optimistic about resolutions. I mean, these are finances. I mean, they have to get fixed. But the people that are sitting in these positions, they have their work cut out for them. Okay. And, and consultants, you know, you bring in consultants, and then you have to sit down and explain to them what it is you're doing and what this is. They have questions. Then you're not doing the other work, like getting out the tax bills. So, you know, like I said, I, I've watched the assessor's office struggle for 20, not, not the elections part of it. That's always run very efficiently. But the assessor's portion has always struggled because they, you know, that was always, that was not where the attention was focused in that office. And that was my concern with this um, com- combination is that, um, that, you know, you're not focused on critical functions. And that's, that's the problem that, that we're having. Okay, so, and technically, they didn't, so let's, let's just say technically, they didn't combine the offices, so they're not all in the same area doing the same thing. The oversight of the two offices was combined with one over one elected position. That's exactly, that's what the, the offices are still separate doing their own, their own individual work, correct? Well, as far, yeah, for now, I think that, you know, there's, there's, as Shami said at the meeting, there's no effect, and when we told the board this, there's no efficiencies that can be gained. These two offices are both financial, but they do very, very different things. And so they, at some point, the two offices will probably look at, okay, is there any efficiencies that can be gained? You know, we both have payroll, but it sounds, you know, we each have our office payroll. Well, maybe one person can do both offices payroll, or we have accounts. Uh, payable that we need to do for, you know, our, our vendors or, or whatever we might have to pay. Um, that can maybe be done by one person. So there's efficiencies where they could do it. But for the most part, the offices are, are separate at this point because the time that it takes to basically get them together is, is going to be, that's a, that's a, a, a tall order. So this is going to be a slow and tedious process to try to work out who does what and to get adequate um, uh, staffing to do it, is what it's sounding like to me. This will will be a struggle, and things will fall through the cracks, and hopefully it's not 
critical functions, but um, but this is this there is the risk of things not being attended to because for one thing, people don't know that they have to do them, or because they're just it's like oh dang we forgot about this. There is like I said, we've seen this with the assessor for twenty years. How many things have fallen through the cracks? And that's and that's what we're looking. We're this is a bad path that we are on and yeah, we have to, we have to solve it, but yes, it's going to take, it's, it's going to be very, very difficult for the people that are sitting in this position right now that have to solve it. Well, I will say the staff that we retained and Shamise Coveson, I, I want to give them a shout out for sticking in there and doing the work and in keeping this going. Um, I know you lost uh, that the tax collector's office lost a, uh, Julie, the the person that was under you, Julie Forrest, Julie Forrest yeah. because of Julie that. Um, yeah, Cheyenne Gordon, Cheyenne Gordon is now the assistant treasurer tax collector, and she has stepped up big time and is helping Shamise in every way that she can. Yeah, I think I just want to make sure that we make sure that we validate that all the staff that have stuck around and are fighting through and working through these difficult challenges um, just need to have our support. And I think that's one of the things that was brought up yesterday that w- that we really need to support Shamise Cubison because she is doing, she's doing the job, she's doing the best I think she can under the stressful situation she's been put under because of combining these two positions um but then i also want to validate that i i agree that the supervisors need they need the information they need the fine they need the financial information in order to make policy set policy make decisions and all of that i think in the past it's just now confusing as to where they need to go to get that information um i'm really hoping that this ad hoc budget committee with ted williams and glenn mcgordy can somehow take on um some of the work or the responsibility of looking at different uh, models in different counties and uh, reaching out and and maybe coming back with some suggestions and some salutes some some suggestions for making it move forward um, easier and ways to help the different departments get into a financial structure that really gets the information to the supervisors so they feel they're making, you know, educated decisions. I think that's reasonable. I have no I have no qualms that that's what they need. I have no doubt that that's where we need to go. I'm just trying to figure out how we get there. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Um, so I don't know how many the what the committee will do from now, but they they have a big thing. They've got they need to look at this whole process of how they're going to get information, um, and whether they're going to need it monthly, which seems a little bit difficult to do. Quarterly would you know I think most big corporations and companies quarterly reports and that kind of stuff keep them up to speed on that. Um, I don't know how how often did you re- produce reports for the tax collector's office? Well. The situation with the tax collector, we, we had very little to do with the Board of Supervisors or the CEO's office at all. We were a standalone, kind of a standalone department. Yes, we worked a lot with the auditor's office. And as I said before they combined the positions, I would give them an A+. Plus. I mean, they working with them, we, we had a very good working relationship. Um, they audited us. We, brought, we bring in, you know, like in the tax collector's office, I don't know what the number is now, but it's probably $180 million a year some ridiculous amount of money. That's just what we collect. 
then we also get all the funding from the state and the federal government. And so there's a lot of money that is has to be taken care of and banked and invested and all that kind of stuff. And that's what was happening in the Treasury Tax Collector. We had very, very little to do with the actual budget process other than we had a budget for our office that we asked for, you know, so much, you know, here, here's here's where we need to spend our money on, you know, these 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 budget units. And so it's the auditor that works with the CEO's office. It is not the treasure tax collector. Okay. So we actually have a call. Let me see if we can get a caller in if they have a decent question or what's going on. So let me just try this real quick and we'll see what this question is. Good morning, caller. I think you're on the air with us. Hello? Guess that didn't work. I don't know what's going on. Hello, caller, are you there? Nope. Okay. Maybe the phones aren't working this morning. Um, All right, let me try again. Good morning, caller, are you there? Caller, are you there? I have no idea what's going on with the phones. They don't seem to be working. Okay, sorry about that, listeners. We were trying to get some calls in here. All right, so I let's see. Let's go back. Um, this is Shari Shatmire. We're talking about the finances. Um, so I guess I'm trying to... Uh, I guess what I want to do is just try to see if if there's an easier path forward to get the information to the Board of Supervisors. My gut feeling says it needs to come out of the CEO's office because they're the ones that coordinate all of this. Um, that's what I'm trying to do. But I'm going to try to get another caller on here before I'm vamping. Nope, that one isn't there. Let's try this one. Caller, are you there? I'll be darned. Huh. Nope, still not working. Who knows? Mendocino County, AT&T. I have no idea. So, sorry, um, I know we're coming up at the top of the hour. Anything else you would like to talk about uh, around the wrapping of these and your concerns, what kind of concerns you have with moving forward? And what would what do you suggest that would maybe help us moving forward? That's what I'd like to hear. Uh, you know, I'm at a loss. Um, I feel like, they, you know, one thing that has to happen is the very dedicated employees that are there right now in the auditor's office and the treasurer tax collector's office need to stay there. Uh, I think if they, you know, if there's any loss of additional staffing, I think there's going to be additional struggles. Um, I have a lot of concerns and I don't have answers. And that is what I tried to inform the board about, you know, less than a year ago was that this, was going to create some problems and it's appearing that they do have some some obstacles now and i i don't know i don't know what the answers are that you know this is i just go back to self-induced and i don't know at this point what what the answers are yeah that i'm i'm that's unfortunate to hear i'm going to try once more to get a caller on the air because people are calling that one didn't let's try this one caller Nope. Busy signals. I don't know. Maybe my techie can come in and fix that, but it's just seeing, I got the phones are lit up, but I'm just getting big, just busy signals. So, um, okay. So let's, um, I will keep on top of this project. So I'm going to keep coming back to this because, um, 
the whole financial situation with all the grants and money coming in, one of the things that needs that came out of yesterday's discussion is staying on our audit, staying on the, the being accountable to the grants and the funding that's coming in from the state and all of that. And I'm, I guess, big concern for the supervisors is that we meet those deadlines and stay on top of that. So that's a whole another mm-hmm. discussion that comes in about. Uh, whose department is the one that stays on top of that. And from what I'm gathering, that's partly the CEO's department and the auditor's office, correct? Mm-hmm. Staying on all those mm-hmm. those monies that are coming in. Um, so we need to stay on top of that. I know there was some discussion about one of the grants that we got maybe in jeopardy, but that was coming from a whole different outside entity. That was coming from the state, I believe, not getting uh, the the stalled on the paperwork and things so there's all these entities that the county's trying to work with and we're in this real flux of commotion between these two departments and who's doing what and being overworked is what i am seeing and i that's what that's what i'm hearing from you is that we just came off of covid we just have a lot of money that came into the county and then these two departments get thrown into flux about the whole thing so I will stay on it. Um, Shari Schottmeyer, thank you for coming on and giving us your side of the point of what happened and your insight. And um, we'll stay tuned. How's that, Shari? Great. Thank you, Karen. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM. KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM. And Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org. And consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.